Welcome once again to another edition of The Brattlecast. Stories about books, old, rare, and out of print. The people who buy, sell, appraise, and collect them. And uh, one in particular, our good friend Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop in historic Boston on West Street. Place you definitely want to check out if you come to town. And you can always visit brattlebookshop.com. I'm Jordan Rich. I am so excited to see you today because you brought more than you usually do, it seems. (laughs) A bigger pile of goodies. And the first thing we're going to be talking about has to do with travel. So inform us. Well, what happened was I went out and uh, bought a collection of postcards and uh, some other things with it. And this, we started looking through it and it was really interesting. There were a number of albums and you open them up and, and you hit the microphone. That's okay. And, and It's a big book. But it's a big book, but there are hundreds of photographs and this, the beginning ones, they're little, but they're not professional photographs. This is something that somebody in the 1890s went around. They obviously traveled a lot, but they're little tiny snapshots. The largest are maybe the size of a postcard, but this is Havana here. Mm -hmm. Havana. Havana. And you actually keep going, and it's amazing some uh, some of the places that they went to. Now, some of them were local. There, there are some pictures here uh, of the Boston, but then you also get uh, all all over the world. But you get into the Egypt, you, and the person also liked to take not only sites, but they got a lot of people in them. So this was one photographer, one, one family one, or individual. Yeah, it, well, of course, back at that time, to even be taking this many photographs was unusual, but. Uh, it was more uh, just a, the way you would have taken a brownie camera, except it was before brownie cameras. I was about to say, do we know the the type of camera that was used? Or no, anything? it had to have been fairly mobile because yeah, yeah, you the, couldn't take this many. I mean, there there are a lot of photographs here, but wow. one, one of the things that's happening, and then there's the Grand Canyon. He, he went went out to the Grand Canyon and and see someone sitting on a rock overlooking mm. the canyon. And then I have another one that has a lot of pictures of Egypt, the Alps. May I? Yes, of course. There's <laughs> so much stuff here on the table. But, I love it. But, so, so Ken, let me ask you this. this. We're looking at this in a binder. Was this the way it came? No. Uh, well, this is the way it came to me. To yes. you, right. But That's obviously right. somebody had put this in a binder and sort of kept it as, you know, just like we do. Well, they also had a few pictures of their dog. <laughs> uh, so, you know, which is showing you that it's not totally not a professional. This is someone's memoirs of taking a lot of trips, sort of the grand tour uh, at in the, uh, you know, at the turn of the last century. So so this was something that you uh, either, stu- did you stumble upon this or was it somebody who said, I've got this amazing colla- collection of photographs? They didn't say amazing collection. They had an, uh, uh, some other things that we went on and then we said, oh, we saw these and in a way stumbled upon them, although we knew they had good things. And we said it was a bidding situation, so we also had to give a bid. And about a month later or so, they called us and said, yeah, you got the bids. Uh, and there were this some is, very— Well, for, first of all, uh, for, for folks listening, this is remarkable because they're all black and white, almost sepia tone to a certain extent. 
and you you obviously realize that everybody, even the little babies, are long gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be pretty hard to. Yeah. even the little babies would be. There's gone. lots of little babies, and uh, and the, you're right. Uh, more pictures of people, and strangely enough, they're smiling. In those days, we didn't think anybody smiled. <laughs> well, the other thing that you you tend to go photography in the last twenty twenty five years has become much more popular, much more collectible. There are uh, not only artistic and professional photography, uh, which you see, but there was also travel photography. And, and a lot of the, if you took a trip to Europe, to the Grand Tour, to the Near East, uh, to the Far East, there were a lot of places you could go before there were postcards. And now postcards started in around the 1890s, okay. um, the Chicago World's Fair. But before that, you could go to a shop usually in a tourist destination, and they would have large, professionally taken photographs, and there would be a whole catalog. And you could say, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one. And you'd get maybe an album of 20, 30, 50 photographs of an area. But they were at least 8 by 10, sometimes a little bit bigger. They were obviously staged, set up in studios for the people. And those are actually quite collectible. And the ones that are rarer are the parts of the world that less people went to. Uh, but what's happened recently is not only people are collecting those type of photographs or the ones of famous photographers like Edward Weston and Ansel Adams, and that, but they also are starting to collect what they call vernacular photographs. In other words, those photographs that were just somebody's snapshots, and they collect them for all different reasons because it sort of gives you more a feel of what just the average – well, no average person was taking a trip like this. Mm. But what the person with a camera was just snapping pictures and sort of recording their memories, not necessarily to be a famous uh, art, artistic photograph of the place – but just something like maybe you do now. You you snap a picture. Maybe the picture isn't the greatest picture in the world, but then you look back on it, and it sort of you remember the place. In these pictures, you, sort of tell, you mentioned a, a moment ago that in the last twenty twenty five years, these kinds of things have become more valuable. Is it partly because of the advent of the digital camera, where everyone's taking pictures of everything, and it, those have become just a blur, and these are so eloquent they stand out because they're an old well, medium. Well, well, it's a couple of things. It's first of all, the really uh, professional have become so expensive that it cuts out part of the market. But also, a lot of people now realize that looking at these, that you know, some family taking this trip is. It's a many ways of transporting yourself back to that time. And if you look closely, you understand what they considered important, mm. what they were interested in the trip, not the professional. And this covers all sorts of things. This, this, this album happens to be travel. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm but, looking at Egypt here. But you also see the, the boats. You see the clothes the people are wearing. Right. Uh, and, there are, and there are many times people collect unusual scenes or settings. Someone might collect uh, – I, I heard of one person that said they have a customer who collects 
scenes where seven people are in the scene. It has to be <laughs> seven. <laughs> it has to be seven people in the scene. But but it's it's nice to see like this. I mean, I've been to the Grand Canyon, and it's also you look at it and you realize in the 1890s it wasn't built up the same way. You don't have the guardrails. Mm. Uh, there's even a few pictures here of people sitting on the edge, which I could never do. I I, I petrified of that, although same it's beautiful. Uh, but you also see the the way the horses are. Um, but then uh, I I don't oh yeah. Then you look at this picture, and it's the Fenway in Boston. Whoa. That's (laughs) something we're very familiar with. Well, it also was at the time they were looking to how they were going to have roads and transportation through there. So you go from Egypt to Hawaii to China to Burma to to Havana. And, you know, you take this trip and you say to yourself, I wonder what it was like. Then and this well, sort of these shows you. these are the images frozen in time, and it does indeed. You feel like you're being transported back. As I look at these photos in this book, it uh, looks like mostly Egypt, and I guess you could say that the people in these photos, not the Americans or the civilians from overseas, but the natives, probably look a lot alike today. Oh, very much so. I mean, it's not much difference. No, and 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 then of course also. This also tells you this was a time when photography, printing pictures, the camera had to be somewhat mobile just with the amount right. of pictures they were taking. But it was becoming more available to the, to the people to be able to take just personal photographs and so on. And this had to be the sort of transition time from the big, huge camera, only professionals taking to that Kodak, this this is before Kodak, but it had to be the transition period. Well, one thing that's evident to me, and this just might be a guess here, but they're all outdoor daytime pictures, so there's no flash photography at that point. And I, I'm thinking, as you pointed out, of the old school guy puts his head in the hood and takes the poof, takes the flash picture, and it blows up. And you have a family portrait, but these are these are in the field. Well, the the other thing that's very interesting, there's a an envelope here uh, that says Boston Camera Exchange, hmm. uh, and it's Bromfield Street in Boston, which is still well, it's it's gone down a little, but it was if you wanted something with photography in Boston, Bromfield Street was always the street for that. And this is saying back in the 100, 125, 130 years ago, wow. it was also the place for photographs. A neighboring street to you. A, a to neighboring street. street, a neighboring yeah. street. But I just love going through and, and seeing what it is. And, and also, too, when you see people standing around just the way they formally dressed, you, you – you know, if you go to the Grand Canyon now and you look at what people are wearing, it's very informal. It's short, short sneakers. They're not wearing a hat, maybe a sport coat, a, well, a suit. Well, old baseball pictures at Fenway Park or Braves Field with men in straw hats and ties yeah. and women in long dresses. I'll tell you something, though. What I – this uh, – my – Myself and the people at work were having a lot of fun looking through these photos, you know, thinking of places we'd like to go. Then we'd like to get in the time machine and go back at this time, although 
quite honestly, travel is so much easier now. I don't know if I want to, but it's it's fun. But what I if what would be even more valuable, uh, and this we're trying to figure out a price because these don't show up. The the personal taken photos don't show up that often. But if it had been a baseball uh, in all these scenes, it would be worth tens of thousands of dollars. So here's the question for listeners. If they have a collection of photographs of this vintage, they might be hanging on to something that might be worth something to a collector or to an appraiser, somebody like yourself. You'd be interested. Oh, absolutely. And in many ways, sometimes the more unusual things like pictures of seven people – they might not have as wide an appeal, but it, it's amazing what people look for. Or if all these photographs were pictures of fire engines at the time, yeah. or if they were pictures of one specific thing, or a, it's amazing what, what draws people in. As we've said on this podcast many times on the Brattlecast, the collectors out there have a unique sense of what they want, and some of them are bizarre to the rest of us, but they make sense to them. And many times when you talk to the bizarre things that they want and they explain it, it all of a sudden doesn't seem as bizarre. I, I don't know whether I always like that because I like saying, I've got this person who collects this bizarre thing. <laughs> and then they explain it and it becomes doesn't not bizarre. Sounds more mundane. Well, <laughs> exactly. if people have any questions to follow up on this or anything else we talk about, you can always email um, Ken, info at brattlebookshop.com with suggestions and questions and follow-up. Uh, this was fun, man. I, I just, I, I feel like you that I can jump into the picture and and be transported. And, and if you have a collection like this, take out your cell phone, take a picture of it, and email it to me. <laughs> the modern era. It's fantastic. You've been, <laughs> you've been listening to the Brattlecast. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.